Some of you may or may not recognize that song by the Beach Boys. They changed the name from Cease to Exist to Never Learn Not to Love. But they kept the lyrics intact. Guess who wrote that song, y'all? Charlie Manson. Yes, the well-known, quote-unquote, serial killer. And that's who we're going to be talking about today. Welcome back to Waking Up With Mel. This is episode 23. And we're going to call this one Waking Up to the Truth of Charlie Manson. Now, many of you may or may not know who Charles Manson was, uh, but we're going to talk about him today because years ago I started listening to a lot. I love listening to people's interviews. I love hearing people talk their truth. And then I cipher through in my own discernment and see what I think. And after I started listening to this guy, I started to see many, many things. And the one thing that I saw with him is he was convicted by the media well before he even had a trial. And another thing I found fascinating is he didn't kill anybody. I'm like, wow, this guy's in prison for, you know, serial murder, but he didn't even kill anybody. How's that work? So the more I learned, the more I honestly started to have compassion for him and realized this this could happen to anybody. Now, there's a few things I want to mention here. Uh, Charles Manson was a phenomenal musician, and we're going to start with that because I really feel if he wasn't a musician, he probably wouldn't have had the luck, quote unquote, he had. Now, if you haven't listened to my Laurel Wood Canyon episode yet, you need to. You need to go back and listen to that because that explains this canyon, this music industry, how it's all started, how it was basically uh, CIA ran by a bunch of CIA kids, aka Jim Morrison and Mitchell and all of them. They were all raised together in army rat kids. Well, Manson has a very interesting background because he was born in, uh, let's, let me just read you what it says here. Charles Manson, Charles Mills Manson, November 12th, 1934 to November 19th, 2017, was an American criminal and musician who led the Manson family cult based in California in late 1960s. Some members committed a series of nine murders at four locations in July, August of 1969. In 1971, Manson was convicted of first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder for the deaths of seven people, including the film actress Sharon Tate. The prosecution contended that while Manson never directly ordered the murders, his ideology constituted an overact of conspiracy. So, you know, back then, people are, people are finally waking up in 2023 that the news is fake, right? And it's CIA ran and they just brainwash people to believe whatever they want to believe. Right now, it's ridiculous. It's like, to me, the news is like a red light and the people are a cat. And the news is like, look here, look there, look here. And all the people are like, ooh, 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 look, look, ooh. And nobody really pays attention to what they're trying to... Uh, hide you know and right now it's like one false flag after another after another the newest thing is that transgender shooting up the christian school it's like you guys there's so much proof that was fake or pre-filmed or something i don't know but the shooter has two different shoes on one when they're supposedly 
shot dead and another when they're walking around the hall if you start to do comparisons of the school that person wasn't in the school where the the police cam was they were in a totally different building it's just weird everything's weird about that thing i have i don't believe anything okay guys nothing nothing on the news nothing um so charles manson he was born to a 15 year old kid named kathleen and apparently as history's writes down his dad was uh, Walker Henderson Scott Jr. who was nine years older than 15 year old uh, Kathleen which is so sad because 15 and 20 almost six is a big huge difference and um, they also write history writes that the dad basically booked out the mom got paternity suit that's how everybody knows a lot of people think that he is related to the Bush family, which I find it interesting that they have the dad's name Walker Henderson in history. And uh, George Bush, doesn't he have a Walker in his life? I'll have to look that one up. Anyways, um, I just I just don't know who his dad was, but they, they claim it was this, this guy who was a con artist. And, you know, that's why, of course, Marilyn, Marilyn, I always call him Marilyn. If I accidentally do that, I'm not talking about Marilyn Manson. I'm talking about Charles Manson. But this is an interesting coincidence. Marilyn Manson, who we should do some background search on because I never have, uh, sang one of Charles Manson's songs. As a matter of fact, it wasn't just the Beach Boys that stole his music. It was many other famous people you guys might know. And so let's actually read about that because I find that very, very interesting that he he was hijacked. So what my theory is, is that Manson spent time. Okay. Here's another freaking weird coincidence in boys town. He, since he was a young boy, he was basically beaten into submission by the government agencies that he had to live in because his mom was in and out of prison. She was a drunk apparently. And he was raised by the system. And so he, to me from his interviews learned to just comply and be a good kid but he did try to run away and escape and if you listen to my johnny gosh the boys town all that stuff i'll have to find what episode that is hold on i'll do it right now okay so the franklin cover-up uh, let's talk about that real quick it was in omaha nebraska um they have this place called boys town there and in the 80s it was starting to come out that they were taking boys from Boys Town and Larry King, not to be mistaken with the CNN guy, but he's a, a black guy who ran the bank out there and was uh, basically in the back pocket of Bush. Interesting, and interestingly enough, Bush is tied to Charles Manson here at Boys Town. So he would take boys and he would fly them to the White House to be sexually abused. And it is on on record that George Bush has molested little boys. Okay. It is on record. And the boy, uh, Paul Balanushi or Balanushi, I never say his name right, but he, he's like the only one I believe living after testifying to all this stuff. Everyone else was killed or put in prison for perjury. And if you go to my episodes seven, you will hear about Laura Wood Canyon and the connection to the music industry. And if you go to my episode eight, it's waking up to human trafficking. And I talk a lot, of, a little bit about uh, all these kidnapping cases that link to trafficking 
uh, a little bit about Franklin cover-up, and I also touch on Franklin uh, cover-up with the Jeremy Bright case because he's also linked again to this to this whole Boys Town thing. It's crazy. He didn't go to Boys Town, but the this kid Polygon, he claims that a kid that was kidnapped at the same time this Jeremy Bright kid was. Um, that he saw his, his torture and death. So, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy how everything's kind of linked and how the media plays a role in brainwashing people to believe there's serial killers. I don't think there's really serial killers. Like we believe, I think they are either kids who were raised in the system or kids who were sexually abused and are going after their abusers, maybe uh, the Hernandez brothers. I think of them a lot. The Hernandez, Hernandez. I'm not sure of their name properly again. I'm horrible with names. You'll catch on to that fast. Um, but they were, you know, they said their dad horribly abused them. And back then people were like, oh yeah, right. Well, now it's like, oh, maybe they were telling the truth, you know, because a lot of people who told the truth just got locked up, mocked, killed, it's, it's, it's this whole awakening, this great awakening that we're in right now. This is perfect timing because I believe all things will be revealed like the Bible says, and we will see the truth. And I think a lot of the truth is going to shock people like Charles Manson never killed anybody. You know, people don't realize that. And they, the whole facade they did to him, and I'm not going to tell you guys, I'm going to let him tell you with his own words through different interviews that I have clipped. Um, because I just can't imagine you are convicted by the media. Then that's that. Like, it doesn't matter what he said. He didn't even have a trial. He didn't even get to testify. Like they just threw him under the bus, made him look crazy. He never had long hair ever. And they made it, they would not let him cut his hair. They would drug him in the middle of interviews. If he would start telling too much truth, they'd like pause it and you'd come back and he'd be all drugged out. What he says to me makes sense, but back then it was probably like, oh, look, he's just crazy. It's so easy to make him look crazy, and they did. And, oh, well, let's get back to all the music he wrote and all the bands that have sang his songs. Okay, so I started with the Beach Boys because I believe the Beach Boys are the reason he got set up in this uh, whole Hollywood fiasco. So when he got out of prison, he even says that he's like, I got out of prison, and the whole world was kind of like boom, boom. Boom. And then he gets out, you know, I think in the, he got out in the forties, he got out in the fifties. It was kind of still like mellow. The world was picking up a little bit, but he said when he got out in the sixties, it was like, bomb, 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 bomb. And somehow they sent him to Laurelwood Canyon. <laughs> like, okay. Of all places in the world, Ch Charles Manson can end up, he ends up in the Canyon. And not only does he end up in the Canyon where the music industry is coming, he is a brilliant songwriter so he has this song and it's and he titled it cease to exist well the beach boys they renamed it never learn not to love but they kept the lyrics intact however manson did not receive any credit for this work and of course that piss you off right so imagine you think you're bros with this guy dennis wilson and he's like, yeah, I got these songs. Let's hear it. And Dennis is like, yeah, let me, let's record it. And then next thing you know, it's on the radio. It's your freaking song that you wrote and you got no money for it. Zero. And so you go and say, Hey dude, I want my money. And you, your bro that you're asking for your money is all connected to the CIA and government and everything else and the media. Next thing you know, you're on TV for 
a mass murder of all these other actors you didn't even kill. <laughs> brilliant, Dennis. Brilliant. Are you still alive? Because if you are, I hope you feel like shit for what you've done. It's awful. And still making money, you know? But anyway, so let's, let's as a part, let's keep going with this music scene. As a part of their 1993 cover album, The Spaghetti Incident, Axl Rose and Company recorded a cover of what is possibly Charles Manson's best track, Look at Your Game, Girl. While the song itself is fair, fairly innocuous, Guns N' Roses' decision to record it was not. Music critics and casual observers alike feared that Charles Manson could profit off the royalties from the song, which he should, you guys. Why should he not? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Wow. There's a time for living. The time keeps on flying. Think you're loving, baby, and all you're doing is crying. Can you feel? Ah, those feelings real. Look at your game, girl. What a mad delusion. Yes, that was Charles Manson singing Charles Manson's song, Look at Your Game Girl, that Guns N' Roses profited from. And Charles Manson did not. <sighs> but guess, guess who did get money for that? Eventually, the matter was settled, so the royalties from the cover would go to relatives of the Manson family's victims. Wow. Okay, guys, now let's get into... Uh, this this character, this weird, weird dude, who having taken his stage name from Marilyn Monroe and Charles Manson, it seems incredibly obvious that Marilyn Manson would want to record a Manson song at some point. Now, did you guys even know Manson had songs? I bet you didn't. Because you know what he's known for? Killing people he's never killed. Wow. You know why? Because the media told people. Whether or not he will ever choose to record Marilyn Monroe, standard like Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend, or I Want to Be Loved by You, remains to be seen. The first time that the two Mansons crossed path in a musical sense was on Marilyn Manson's first album. There he released a bizarre song called My Monkey, which included lyrics from Charles Manson's track Mechanical Man. The lyrics in question are about a man who raises his monkeys on a gingerbread before his monkey is tragically hit by a train. Say what you think about those lyrics, but they are certainly creative. Following the elder Manson's death, Marilyn Manson tweeted a cover of Charles' song, Sick City. Other songs written by Charles Manson and stolen by popular bands uh, where the song Garbage Dump, sang by the artist G-G-A-L-L-I-N, never heard of them. The Lemonheads, they sang one of Charles Manson's songs, Home is Where You're Happy. Crispin Clover sang one of Charles Manson's songs, Never Say Never to Always. Guns N' Roses, we just talked about. Look at your game, girl. Sonic Boom, Mechanical Man, and Marilyn Manson, Six City. All right. Well, that must be nice to be in prison while people are playing your music and making money off of it. And the royalties are going to people you never even killed. Good times. But let's hear from Charles Manson himself. Another thing I found astounding as I start to play these interviews is how much he claims Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior. 
all the time, almost every single interview. Again, uh, you make your own conclusions about the guy. I've made mine. This interview, I'm going to start with just his kind of oldest to the most recent that I clipped. Um, this one is called, and again, I'll put clips to everything. Extended interview with KCRA speaks to Charles Manson. And I just did a three-minute clip from this one. lot of his stuff did go over people's heads unfortunately but man I really like that because it's so true like parents they don't know their children but their children understand them they understand how you know they're going to work or react when the parents sometimes don't take the time because they're too busy or in Charles case he never really had parents to listen to him or love him or nurture him and I do believe even though he didn't have a lot of love or nurture, he still didn't kill anybody. You know, uh, it's hard for me to express how much sadness that I've went through to reach this point of understanding I am now talking to you from. Um, how are you going to help somebody that don't want help? Will you them in the head and make them do it? Will your book do that? Will you try? Will I try to explain that? Will I try to help you people destroy me some more? Is that what you're saying? No. 
That's what I'm doing here. Will your book help children? Uh, help parents? I don't know whether it would help anyone. I've never thought about that. You guys would have to show me what help is so I'd know what it is. You teach me, I'll learn. I'm just a little kid in mine. See, I've been in jail 30-some years. I never lived in your world outside. I'm like a little kid out there. Will your life story help somebody else to understand how to proceed? If it was possible to present everything that's came down in the last few years in the proper perspective, it would be advantageous to other people, I would imagine. But if they had eyes in their head and they could see under the bed, they'd see that heads of lead and eyes of wood. It doesn't really matter because rubber fingers is taking the hand off into the universe anyway. The level of comprehension that you hold in your mind is only taught to you by a school book that's in a sorority house. My father jumps off the Second World War in the ruptured ducks that were in the little pins and the buttons in Section 8 in the nut wards. And all the people that have gone crazy. Your father was crazy? My father was all men that I've ever met in prison. Mel's one of my fathers. Creepy Carpus is another. I learned something okay. from everyone. The captains, the wardens. I never missed anybody. I learned as much as I could from everybody I could get a hold of. And I've never met anybody that I couldn't learn something from. But now that I have learned what I've learned... I don't think you people want to know what I know. You wouldn't like it. Why? Well, because it's not very nice. Well, why? Because the people that you let run your lives aren't very nice. The people that govern you, the people that tell you people what to do, they're not good people. Let me change the subject for a minute. Of course, let's change the subject. We don't want to talk about the government that's corrupt and evil and that's been trafficking poor little Charlie out of Boys Town since he was a little boy and trying to run away and now said he's a, a bad kid and, and needs to be locked up most of his life. And when they let him out, they just steal his music and then uh, arrest him for a mass murder and put him in prison for nine life sentences and kept him drugged up and beat down. And, and, I, and I mean, he pretty much was an experiment his entire life, all the way until I believe his death. Maybe they finally got over him and left him alone but from all the interviews i've heard he was pretty much tortured from the time he was in the system till the time he died and there's this bible verse that says you're basically and i should find the true bible verse and read it to you guys i will at the end of this podcast actually um but it basically says you're going to be surprised who's in heaven and who's not and pfft, there's so many people I've talked about in previous podcasts that are preachers and well-known and loved that I question, you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's between God and that person. And I believe God can save anybody, even in like the transition stage when we're, our soul is leaving. I believe you have a choice to, to accept that Jesus is your Lord and Savior or not. I also believe that's why the Bible says the first will be last and the last will be first. You could be a born again, hardcore Christian your whole life and be saved on transition. And you're still the same in God's eyes. He loves you. He wants you to go to heaven, right? All of us. 
But I do believe Charles Manson is going to be living a great, beautiful, glorious life in heaven and be redeemed for this hell he lived on earth. I believe his hell was earth. I really do. And I don't believe he's burning anywhere. This United States government has never been more secure. Never been more secure than it is right now. Seriously, I, I want to know. All right, what is it that draws people to you? Motion, uh, generating, uh, attention, reality. Uh, I know. <laughs> when you know, you just simply know. Jesus on that cross. You know he's there. Is he there? Is the cross there? I know the cross is there. You don't have to put me on the cross to witness for the cross. I can see the cross. Now what I'm trying to do is get back to earth so I can go out in the desert. I've already cleaned that thought up once. And you put another president in. But you said and every time I clean it up, you put another president in. Uh, right. you, know? you said it's people who are in harmony with you. What do you mean by that? The people that are in harmony with themselves in the will of a child. The child has a will. You tell the child to come here and the child will walk over. You tell him to sit down and he'll sit down. He's just in the will of the child. God and his children are in the will of a child. <laughs> it's just as simple as the Bible said that you must be as little children before you enter the kingdom of heaven. If the Christians had believed in the Bible... Then we wouldn't have all this conflict, but evidently the only ones that are in conflict now are the Christians. You know, like they don't seem to believe in their own God for some reason. I don't know what it is. Maybe they need to see him on the cross again, or maybe they should uh, uh, pray for him to come out of the sky in a silver uh, uh, platter. Or, you know, I don't know. I'm just here, and you're there, and who is your reality? And where do you get your energy from? And where does your soul flow? And your thoughts? And how do you know you know? Unless you have to come and say, Charlie, how's the Dow Jones? You read the Wall Street Journal? Certainly I read the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> I'm right at the top of your brain. And I'll read the Wall Street Journal until you let me walk out that door a free man. Or we'll just use Indian head pennies for earrings. What if you did get a parole date in November? What would you do? Then I would give it some serious thought. I don't have room in my mind for could-bes. I have to deal in what is. I can't think about what I want. I have to deal with what I'm allowed to have. What if you got a date? If I got a date... Then I would probably have a date. Do you know what you'd want to do? Uh, yes, I have many plans. A lot of plans. I'd like to clean up the water. I'd like to go up in the mountains and start at the top of the mountains and clean the springs up. Take all the pollution out of the water so I could drink it. Clean up all the green things and pick up all the old beer cans and clean all the way to the ocean. And then maybe we might be able to save a little air and water for our children.
because I'm living in my child's world now. I'm working on his world. My world already went to the gas chamber. What if you don't get a date? If I don't get a date, then I won't have a date. Have you thought about it, then? Um, I know you want to get a date. I've what if you don't? I've gave it some thought, but not that much. I've gave it thought in relation that it's possible that they'll be pushed to make some sort of move to alleviate the pressure that they've created on themselves. Uh, if there's any way that I could help that, I would, then that way I could achieve what I'm after also. All I want is what the Constitution said I could have, the liberty and the right to look for my freedom the way I want. If you gave the Constitution to me like you said you were supposed to, then I wouldn't be here, and I wouldn't have been here in the last 11 years. But if you let your politicians play like they're Christians and use your courtroom to further their own purposes, then all you're doing is big business with your own children's lives. And it really doesn't make sense to me, but I don't have the president's spot to make any change. If I had the control to make the change, I have the power to... Wow, guys, like... If that doesn't say something about his character, then I don't know what does. If he got out, his first thing he would want to do is go clean the water. And he says that so many times throughout his interviews throughout the years. And like I said, that was one of his first ones where he he just tells everybody the truth. And, you know, I'm someone who's been taken off social media. My podcast has been taken down. Sometimes I don't even know why I keep on trying. I really don't. But then I'm like, you know what? There's people out there that need to hear the truth. And I used to have all the time in the world and I, I used to make things with glass and I would just sit there with my torch on, melting glass, listening to things like any back before uh, when I first started doing research, even YouTube had everything still on there. We didn't start getting taken down until about 2020. And then every truth seeker, truth teller, started getting taken down so there's a lot of stuff scrubbed from the internet that hopefully will come back on um but let's just play a few more clips from charlie oh another thing i want to mention is somehow charlie's charlie manson had about five kids now how and where are these children i'm telling you i believe he was used for breeding he was a very handsome man with his short hair if you look back um i'll put that for a cover on the on this podcast cover but he, in my opinion, was royally screwed by Hollywood and the government. And if you're awake today, it wouldn't surprise you, would it? Okay, so I'm going to pick back up on the interview I've been playing you guys. Um, <clears throat> I have so many that I don't think I'll be able to play you all of them without uh, making this podcast too long. But he is now given a book that supposedly is about him and the interviewers asking what he thinks about this book that's written about him can you imagine so now you're in prison for a murder you didn't commit uh, and that's proven I mean you never picked up a gun you never killed anybody 
and but your cult members did because you told them because you're so powerful that you have that much power over people yeah freaking right come on now and then um and you just got out of prison and you happen to be in laurelwood canyon and you happen to be a really good uh artist and your music happens to get played by famous artists the entire time you're in prison and you get zero money for it and not only that you're getting tortured drugged up in insane asylums the whole freaking time you're in prison drugged out on the news uh to make you look like a complete idiot i mean wow i don't think i mean you can't make this up you it, it really happened and to me like this could happen to anybody it's scary all right here's the interview with charlie looking at a book about himself children to be raised up in. Do you want your children to live according to the gospel of Helter Skelter? Where are the inaccuracies in it? Well, it would take me as long as it took him to point them out. It took him uh, two years in court to invent them. It would take me two years in court to uninvent them and redo them and show their proper perspective of it. Oh, you'll see. Yeah. Helter-skelter simply means confusion. And if you don't see the confusion in the world, it's always been confusion in the world, uh, then I guess you don't know what confusion means. But uh, I get out of jail, and every time I get out of jail, society's moving a little faster, and they're doing crazier things. And uh, I get out, and I can never adjust to it outside because it's, uh, it's uh, almost impossible to do anything right. Everything is wrong to somebody. I mean, you get—you uh, have to hide, and you know, day people and night people, and everybody all divided up. And Do they make up the evidence introduced in court? A big percentage of it, they—they they found and created themselves. They'd push a fingerprint together till it got to be. They justified it, and then they'd send it to another office and let them push it a little bit in another office and they'd push it and then finally they'd find another point till they finally come up with a fingerprint. Mm -hmm. Then the people that supposedly left the fingerprint has never lied to me, nor I to them, told me that I wasn't even there in that particular portion of the crime. I was over in this particular portion of it. In other words, all the little things that they come up with, like the trailer, the uh, the uh, door from the trailer that's supposed to have had what we wrote on it is what they wrote on it, and then they burnt the ranch down to cover that up, you know? But in no way are you saying, in no way are you connected with either the Tate or La Bianca killer? No, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying that if it would have come out in the courtroom, I would have explained what happened. All we wanted to do to start with was tell the truth, but the lawyers wouldn't let us because they wanted to sell it. We just wanted to tell the truth, but they didn't want the truth to come out because they couldn't write books with the truth, couldn't make big money, couldn't sell all this madness, all the fear and the vicarious thrill for somebody. Charlie, uh -huh. regardless of helter-skelter, uh -huh. do you belong behind bars? There's no behind bars. Do you belong in prison? There's no prison. It's only in your mind. Do you belong in an incarcerated position? There's no such thing. There's only you denying my will. 
Whoever denies my will keeps me locked up here. If everybody agrees to let me go, then I'll walk out, and then I'll be free. And my chains are in everybody's mind. It's in their will. If you will me to be locked up, then I must stay locked up. If you will me to be free, then I'll be free. It's not, uh, it's not as complicated to me as it is to you. You look at it through the books and the paperwork. I don't look at it that way. I look at it from the way I look at it. So, uh, I'll ask you the same question. Do you think you deserve to be locked up somewhere? <laughs> I'm asking the questions in the interview. Can I do it? Well, certainly. Certainly, but you have to ask yourself the same time. I realize that. You know, if justice came, where would we all be? We'd all be in some sort of trouble, wouldn't we? That's why we have Jesus. See, he takes up the slack. Let me, let me get back to the book for a minute. What do you think Mel's going to try to bring out on your life? The um, years that we've known each other through the prisons and the um, point of view that he has from the other side. Okay, so this part I just clipped because the, Charles knew exactly what was going on from the president all the way down to the court system. And he told people over and over and over again he was screwed. But listen to what he says right here about the one world government. This interview I'm not going to play too much from because it's kind of choppy and it's all and I don't want to ruin my podcast with it. But uh, this is an interview with Ron Reagan Jr. Uh, and again, I'll put the whole interview. But listen to what he says about the new world order that we all know is here, right? And how quickly this guy. Okay, let's talk about something else. Here we go. Well, that's not going to do it. You've got to be right. You've got to finesse it. You've got to have a one world government. You've got to have a one-world court. There can be no place in the world that you can get away from. In the meantime, though, since that is probably a long way away, we're well, not as far as you might think. Well, probably not going to happen next week, anyway. In the meantime, what do you do with the uh, people that are going out and doing crimes on the streets, uh, gangs, kids getting mixed up with gangs, that sort of thing? What's the answer to that? Why, why, why are they doing it? Well, why are they doing it? You, you just said they're, they're, they're being pushed from above societies to, to blame. They're being raised to do it. Yeah. You got a baby laying on the floor. Radio singing, baby, won't you light my fire? Baby, won't you light my fire? And his mother comes in and says, you little fire bug, I'll take you to play with matches again. You know what's going to happen to you. Now you get over here and shut your mouth. You're going to mouth enough. You're going to end up in the penitentiary. You watch me. Get on there. And then the little kid goes on and on a little extra piece of phone up and he's bossed on and running out of the street and he can't even get more truth with dope dealer than he can to people that are telling him not to deal with dope. You've got, uh, you've talked a little bit about children. You've got some children, I think three. Children? Yeah, a bunch of them. I've got a whole bunch yeah. I don't talk about. Um, what do you want them to think of their father? It doesn't matter. No? What they think of themselves doesn't matter. Hey guys, I'm going to end this podcast with one last interview. This one was done in 1989 uh, by this woman named Peggy. And again, he's saying the same things he's always said. And I'm pretty fed up at this point of the, the BS. Um, and, you know, honestly, I don't blame him. Here we go. Here they can't get in their brains that I didn't break no law. How long has it been? 
touch it every once in a while, but they, they, don't, they don't want me to play. It's like everybody wants the attention. I don't want the attention. I just like to play music. Why are you doing this interview, Charlie? Because I can get another roll of film and send it down to Bogus, and I owe him a little something. Is that the only reason? And that my old lady's in Miami, that she's in Florida. What has that got to do with it? What has she well, been... Well, she'll see this, and, and, and she'll know that I'm still where I'm at in relation to here. You call Squeaky your old lady. Does that mean you have a romantic relationship? No, I don't play all that. Uh, you know, that's, she's just a friend, what you would call a friend. She does what she wants. I do what I want. She's just a person. All the, they say that I was a leader in a family of people, which is bull. That's, that's bunk. I had a lot of friends because I play a lot of music. A lot of people like my music. And uh, we were all friends. There was no such thing as follower, leader. There was no leaders or followers. There was just people, intellect, intelligence. There were people, intelligent life forms. And there was a bunch of kids who were working out their problems for that particular time in that particular space. And each had to do what they felt they had to do for the problems that they were working on which really had nothing, basically, to do with me. I'm not of the 60s. I'm not a generation of the 60s. The 60s were little kids to me. The Beatles were like punk rock is to you. That's what the Beatles was to me. They were, they, you know, that's not my era. My era was Bing Crosby. I'm 53 years old. I'm not a teeny bopper. But all the kids, they would come to me and say, we got no place to go. And I'd say, well, I got no place to go. You know, so they were throwaway kids, and I was a throwaway kid. Tell, so, me, tell me a little bit about your background. Tell me if you could describe your childhood in a couple of sentences. How would you describe it? I didn't have a childhood. Tell me a little bit more. Tell me more. I went to, I went to a, a reform school in 43, and I've been fighting ever since. Was it as bad as you describe in the book that was co-authored by New Orleans? Uh, that wasn't my book. That wasn't your no, book. No. But what about the parts describing your childhood and your experiences in reform uh, school? That was him writing the book. So uh, the part about that school in Indiana, that's not true? Uh, like bits and parts of it are true and bits and parts of it aren't. Give me a hint. He gets a little information from other people. And anybody that wants to tell him something he, and what he wants to believe and what he feels will sell to the public, then that's what they'll write. Okay, well, let's not talk specifically about that book then. Tell me how you would describe how bad it was for you in these reform schools. A child don't know what bad is. Well, he says in the book that you were raped, that you were beaten oh, constantly. Oh, come on, man. That's not true. That's what he would like to believe. But so, there ain't, no, ain't nobody can do that. So you didn't have a lousy childhood then? Yeah, I had a terrible childhood. But I'm from here. In other words, it didn't get uh, to no, you? No, I've never sold out. They've never beat me. I haven't been beaten. Tell me about your terrible childhood. The child doesn't know what terrible is. You don't want to talk about it, I think. I'm telling you, a child doesn't know what terrible is. Give me, a little, terrible, give me a little description of it. What is terrible? You know, terrible. What does that mean, terrible? I don't know. You you used the word, so I'm trying to get no, you to no, describe it. No, no, I didn't. He used the word in his book. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I'm not a sniveler. I don't cry. I don't snivel. 
I don't look for excuses to get off on other things. You know, I accept my position and I hold it. Let me ask you something. How do you spend your days now, since you're not allowed to play music? How do you spend your time in jail? Sitting. Just sitting? Mm-hmm. Do you do anything else? Do you read? No. Do you walk? No. At one point, I read somewhere that you were making dolls. Is that I true? Do. I make little dolls, yeah. Tell me about that. I just started taking string and making little dolls and bugs and spiders and uh, it's a new art form. I created a new art form. Anything else like that? Any other things that you do in jail? Uh, yeah, I run an underworld. You run an underworld in jail? Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. <laughs> we'll go ahead and leave that there. He runs an underworld. I truly believe he did. I believe he did a lot of things on the outside world, uh, which, aka underworld, make it Charles Manson, if you will, but I have my conclusions and you make yours. And that's what this podcast is all about. Not for me to tell you what to think, just open a new door of possibilities. Matthew twenty sixteen. So the last shall be first and the first last for many be called, but few are chosen. Dear Father God, I just pray that everyone that listens to this podcast chooses to be chosen because it is our choice to believe in you and what you did on that cross. And this is this week is a holy week, a week that honors you, Father God, Lord Jesus. And we just pray that as we enter through this time of tribulation and chaos, as you cleanse the earth, and I truly believe you're about to just move your hand and make this world so awesome to live on. And I'm thankful for that. And I just I just pray that you give hope to the people that are hopeless right now and just let them know that your promises are true and that you have never lost a war and that you are doing all of this in this time to expose what has been and going on. I pray that the children are freed from slavery and I pray that anybody who's been in prison or their name has been tarnished because of the fake news that you expose truth in that area. I thank you for an open mind and a mind that wants to learn and I pray that for all the people listening that they're just willing to have ears to hear and eyes to see Lord and let the scales fall off our eyes. Thank you Father for everything you do and you are awesome, you are holy and you are God. Jesus, thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.